0: That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After
2: Show. Hello gladiators, we're back for another exciting week of Afterbuzz TV Scandal After Show. Bing is for doing and today we're gonna to be talking about episode five from season one crash and burn mm. but before we do anything else first let me introduce myself my name is emil is jr you can find me on twitter at emilio e jr and if anybody's watching live right now tweet me i have my phone next to me and we'll answer your questions but now my co-hosts are going to introduce themselves
3: hi i'm sophia stanley and i have finally joined the world of twitter so you can tweet me at sophia stanley um and that's sophia with an f for fanatic um or also facebook you can always be my friend and talk everything scandalous
1: Hey what's up? I'm Bam Erickson. You can follow me at Twitter and Facebook. I'm also uh have my phone with me. So if you guys have uh, a thing you want to tweet, tweet us and uh we'll be sure to uh give a shout out to you. And of
2: course, we can't forget uh Mari up in New York. Mari, we miss you, but she couldn't be with us today. Um hopefully she'll join us in the future, but um yeah. First, before we talk about the show, let's talk about iTunes. iTunes and YouTube, guys. You really came through your rating, your commenting, and I guess it's working because uh, we were in the top again, top 10 again this week. So. Way to go,
3: Gladiators! Yeah.
2: So that's exciting. Um. So yeah, continue to rate and comment on iTunes and tell a friend because once you tell a friend, that's one more person that will be connected to the AfterBuzz network and they'll see how great it is. So, you know, keep continuing to do that, but... We have a lot to talk about with this a episode. Lot. Yes. So I guess we should start with uh the flight six eighty four story. Cause we opened up where, you know, Quinn and Harrison were walking through the field and she's like, you know, what's going on? We have more important things. Did you file a missing report? But he's like, you know, just calm down, it's handled, and then we see that this plane crashes in the field. Which
3: I thought it was so dramatic first of all but let me back up i lived in the district of columbia for 10 years um so the way that they shot it and the emotion it was almost as if i was there like the way they shot it it actually felt like news footage and not like a fictional program and the way that they scanned the scene and they showed elements that other tv programs don't so for instance when they kind of um held for a beat on the pink rain boot the little ch- and that was the kids. last shot yeah i i literally was like i can't believe that i'm already crying three minutes into the episode but no it was brilliant and and the emotion and the and using that to start the the storyline was just um it it sent chills through me
1: absolutely love the show i love this particular uh plot line versus last week this plot line more so kind of carry the carried the show in um uh, olivia's her uh her storyline kind of took a backseat but it all still made sense and so there was so many there was so many elements in in regards to this whole uh to this whole pilot thing it was just amazing and
2: i think what i enjoyed too is for the past couple of weeks we've had like the madam we've had the <laughs> uh the rape case we have all these different cases dictator. the dictator yeah with this case it wasn't like the stories were competing; like it felt like we got enough attention from both of them. They weren't like overlapping to the point where we felt confused or overwhelmed, or we cared more about one story over the other. Like they were perfectly balanced. I felt this was a really right. nice
1: balanced episode. And what I also what I also like was the fact that within the storyline, we were able to get more into the characters, like with Columbus Short right. and Huck. Man, but we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get on him. Huck is gonna
3: get his own segment. But no, and I agree with you. And I think that also it showed you a little bit of the of the inner working of a crisis, and and just the fact that, you know, given that the Pilots Association didn't let Olivia speak first, and they somehow thought it wasn't that big of a deal, that was astounding to me, but more importantly, you know, the Pilots representative didn't even take a moment to recognize that, you know, a little under 200 people had just died. He was like, okay, cool, well, we have a press conference set up, was it's was nice so to energetic. meet you, like, yeah. he was actually gushing, like, he was having a celebrity moment, like, oh my god, I get to meet Olivia Pope, mm-hmm. and he was like, and then she was like, well, yeah, under these types <laughs> Of circumstances, but I think it reiterates that um, her reputation precedes her, and that even in a moment of a crisis, people are actually just enamored with her and are just so happy to meet her.
1: Yeah. Well, even even with the storyline, um, so um, the the plane crash, the the pilot, the pilot uh, who was uh, sober for twenty years, and how they went after her, and the whole the whole thing, was- which
2: briefly, you notice that Shonda Rhimes really likes to put women in powerful roles, so she has a female pilot. Um, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, agree. Yeah. You the I agree. VP. I agree. I yeah. agree.
3: But I think that also, too, what she's also showing is that even though she has women in, um, powerful roles, she also shows that, that the fact of their, um, their gender is still going to be played against them. Yeah. They're still going to think that a female pilot, even though she, you know, had what, 16,000 hours of flight time, that she had obviously served her country, she had been in the military, that their first instinct is going to be that she panicked mm-hmm. and that, if, in fact, she had been a male pilot, they may not have jumped to the conclusion that she panicked as quickly as they would have if, if they were
1: if she wasn't a woman. But is yeah. it because she's a woman or because they were trying to save their butts? Both. Both,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just, they were trying to save their butts, but it was easier because she was a woman as well. And you know, a lot of
1: people have their own perception of female pilots um, in this day and age. And they immediately went after her um, because she was a former alcoholic and right. she's been sober for 20 years. Which we so found media... out from her husband. Right. Yeah, but one of the things that I thought was interesting is the other pilot that didn't show up the night before. Oh, the flight attendant. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. her name was her name was Carla, and so when they confronted her and they went to speak to her, she she acted as if she didn't know that any of them were dead. But when you look in the background, you could see that. The well, new-
2: I think I think with that was she was sick because she said she had called out sick so I think she maybe was hung when, over yeah she hung <laughs> over I think maybe when um, she got there Abby might have said you know you need to turn on the news because by the time we got there they were sitting down talking right. so that's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. I she,
3: agree I agree. I think she literally, I think she, because, you know, as we learn, it was her birthday. That's the reason that they were celebrating. The reason she called out was that she was hungover. And when she opened the door for Abby, that was probably the first moment she had even woken up. And I think that Abby needed to turn on the TV in order to show her that this is real. Because, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would feel like you know simply because it was her birthday and she was hungover and she called out is the reason that she's now alive yeah. and that her you know seven other fellow employees are dead i i think that you know abby had to kind of slap her in the face and that's and it was probably funny, what she was doing we're talking
2: about abby the way she just kept scooting a <laughs> little tissue box over did you see <laughs> i was laughing so hard she was mm-hmm. like uh. I don't really care, but here you go if you need it. So no,
3: she's such a pragmatist. Abby really is one of those people, and I think that's why uh, you know last episode was so amazing seeing her actually get emotional yeah. because Abby really isn't an emotional person. She's very pragmatic, and she kind of was like, I need to get the information I need to get. I'm really you know not really concerned with the fact that you're you're upset. So you know I'll give you a tissue, but I need what I need, and then I'm gonna be happy when I
1: leave. You know one other one other thing in regards to the story is when Columbus Short's character went to confront Phyllis. Um, oh yeah, at the end that was that, really sad. I, for me, that really hit because you know she basically, like she said, she had two jobs that was put into one, which happens a lot of time in corporate America, mm-hmm. especially
3: so, now with the recession and the economy. With the recession, it's
1: been going on. I remember when I worked in radio, where you know we were doing you know two jobs for one person, and they pay you a couple a, a couple dollars. So the question, the the question for me is like, I felt bad for her, but it's like.
3: I, I was struggling with the exact same thing, Bam, because I think that that's why the characters and the character development, even though you know she was probably on this on the screen for you know less than three minutes, it shows that we don't live in a black and white world. We live in various shades of gray, and that at the end of the day, you can you can feel for her. She's a working mom who is stressed out, working two jobs. is concerned that she potentially could get fired because she can't keep up with her workload, but at the same time, you know cares about the well being of her daughter and states that she's already missed one piano recital and wanted to make sure that she didn't miss another. And so in her mind, all she did was simply make a copy of a report for an airline or or a plane that they have said on several occasions was, in essence, perfect and right. had no mechanical errors. But then for her... You could feel how she felt, that she truly felt that she was responsible, she was responsible. for these deaths. She felt like and-
2: a, a quirky family member, and she was just sitting there, and I just felt so bad for her because mm-hmm. she was so genuine with it. And she was like, he came to her, and she was like, I know. I know what you're here for, basically. Yeah. Do you feel that it was her fault? I mean, I definitely. Mean, definitely, <laughs> yeah.
3: definitely, but I don't think with malice. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also what is the essence of Scandal. And that's why Scandal is so amazing. Everyone has something either about their past, i.e. either pilot and being an alcoholic, or everyone makes a mistake or a misstep. But I think the most important thing is how when you make a mistake what's your intention and I think that when you know the airline employee made the decision her intentions were pure her intentions were good it was simply you know to keep her job and to be a good mom and so I think that's really the underlying story as well as the fact that no matter what you do in life if you have a misstep someone will potentially try to use it against you even though the pilot had been sober for 20 years Mm -hmm. people saw what they wanted to see in that bartender who in essence lied or remembered incorrectly because cause of the news yeah. you know stated that she was she was wasted which was not in fact the
2: truth absolutely what do you guys think about steven i just think she needs to break off the engagement <laughs> because he's just he's a ladies man and that's his because what did he say he said um you know I don't have my superpowers anymore (laughs) like I can't use every tool in the box what tool
3: (laughs) I mean I thought it was great I thought it was so funny and it was comical but it also showed that at the end of the day it's like we're human beings and we're all struggling like I think you know you know even in earlier episodes when he was afraid to to propose to her I think he was afraid to propose because he knows that he is not a perfect man right I think he knows he's not a perfect human being but at the same time I Think you know he was doing it for a good cause.
1: <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think his storyline's boring. What? I don't. I I don't really. His storyline's boring. You to me. could take it or leave it. Yeah, I could take it or leave it, but I, I really like I like I, um, I like seeing Columbus. Yeah, well, character. I mean, I'm glad we finally oh. saw something
2: yeah. from him today because yeah. I feel like the previous weeks we haven't really
1: been seeing much. Yeah, he's from just him. very like you know doesn't say much, but just watching him in his environment you know clearly he's like perfect pitch he has great memory when he was in that meeting he didn't take any notes all All he did was sat there he closed his eyes and he just listened which I felt was really powerful especially when he was coming to the conclusion that you know the evidence had been tampered
2: and I like how we set, we found it out the same time that Stephen it found it out because the way they played that back yeah, and forth absolutely. that was really. And cool I just I
1: thought the cinematography and, and how the director you know took a direction with that I thought it was fantastic.
3: What specifically about the about the direction of, of the episode and and the camera
1: angles did you like? I, there was a couple of things when um when Carrie when Olivia was talking with the president how they split the screen and then sometimes how there was like this white silhouette over over Carrie um over Carrie Washington's character. I just I thought it was brilliant when Huck when Huck was um having his moments you know he had a nice little silhouette and then when Columbus was having his moment when he was coming to the conclusion list uh coming up with you know with the when he had the um did he have speakers or something on he the had, there?
3: yeah he had he had um a headset on yeah. Yeah. he had a headset on mm-hmm. yeah no and i completely agree with you and i think that the fact that he doesn't say a lot, I actually really enjoy that, because I think he's really stoic. And I think the fact of the matter is, they couldn't take notes out, so why were they even taking notes? They really weren't paying attention. And by him simply closing his eyes, he was really taking it all in, and it was making such an imprint on him. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you could tell that once, you know, Huck gave him uh, gave him the tape, you know, he was playing it on an iPod, and he was listening to it again and again okay. and again, which actually is a perfect segue. Nice. Um, you know, um, uh, here at AfterBuzz TV, uh, we definitely enjoy Scandal, and Scandal could be not as enjoyable if they didn't have as many gadgets, if they didn't have, you know, headphones and listening devices and and computers and monitors and all those things that they need to basically keep track of the world and to hear what they need to hear. Um, you know, and one of the things that I know that I often get headsets and things for my BlackBerry, I can't live without technology, um, I often go on Amazon.com. But one of the really amazing things that you can do is instead of going directly to Amazon.com when you buy all the gadgets that you buy or books or whatever you go online to buy, you can actually go to AfterBuzzTV.com. Again, you go directly to AfterBuzzTV.com. And once you get to our site, there is a link to Amazon. There's an Amazon.com banner. And all you do is you click on that banner and it sends you directly to the same Amazon site that you normally use. There's no additional cost. But what Amazon does is it says, thank you, AfterBuzzTV. And it allows us to do what we do, which is talk to you about TV because we're absolutely fanatical about television. um, And we absolutely love scandals. So again, Again, you know, when you're about to go to Amazon.com, just take one little tiny step and you go to afterbuzztv.com, click on the Amazon banner, and then shop away.
2: I like that. So the Flight 684 story, like we've stated, was definitely one of the better storylines, I feel, because like it moves so smoothly. But we got to see a different side of Huck this week. And we got to learn so much about Ooh. him. So much.
3: I heart Huck. I fell in love with him this episode. i going to let other people talk first because I'll go on for a little bit too long. I love him.
1: I'll let you start, And he down. scares me. Go ahead. I He was quite scary, but I loved... You could tell that he's very complex. Um, there's there's history behind his his past, and so it kind of like he felt it's maybe he it haunts him a little bit. So, I like the scene where he had that guy laying down, mm-hmm. naked, w- getting ready <sighs> to just. I almost—I had to like literally turn my eyes. I turned my—I had to turn away. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm not the only scaredy cat, but <laughs> I just, there's, some, there's, some, there's Great something television. about there's something I don't like to see blood in people's necks. And so, like, as soon as I saw the the little um uh, the 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 drill thing. the drill thing yeah. that he had, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, no, I can't yeah. see <laughs> it. I was like, I had to fast forward because I knew what was happening. So I, I had to fast forward it. I just couldn't watch it. Well, let's recap. So
2: he's going through the security footage. And he sees this guy, and I actually, didn't know who you know he was. what?
3: Let's back it up. What's I up? mean, Hupp technically opens the episode. Oh yeah, because they're he searching op- the house. They're yeah. searching at Olivia's apartment, and they're and they're surveying whether or not Amanda ran away, or if it was a crime scene. Right. And he so succinctly assesses that not only is it a crime scene, but how the crime scene happened, almost as if he was there, and even gave a time frame. Right. And then when Olivia looks at him and asks, a kind of almost as a guttural response, "How do you know?" He so matter of factly says, "Well, it's how I." Would
2: do it right and i was like what and that's when we i mean later on in the episode we see how he knows but so then we go on and he sees this guy in the security footage and i'm like who is i i was confused who is this guy and I mean, then all so of i a was sudden, confused right the too. very next scene we're introduced to charlie Is Huck really your name, like Huck Finn? Like he was such a douchebag, and so like, God, it was just so good.
3: No, and and I mean, I think, and it was it was one of those situations where you know the minute he saw the face, he obviously recognized the guy in a way that was very familial. And then you know when you just like you said that you go to the diner and then you see the two of them, and they're almost you know it seems like Charlie's trying to banter with him as if they're old friends, but Huck is very still in the moment, in the same point that this isn't funny. Yeah, I'm coming to you because obviously at one time or place. We knew each other in a very intimate yet scary way. I need information. And I think that even though Huck we were going to see had to do certain things that Huck may not have wanted to do. I definitely feel like Charlie taunting him and speaking down to him in the manner that he did. Like
2: pushed it. Pushed
3: yeah. him. because I think, pushed him yeah, over the edge. Because I think it, it started to turn on that button that Huck had turned off for so long and allowed him to get back into that character. Because right. he, was, he was mocking him. Yeah. Charlie was mocking him. He was mocking and, him. Yeah.
1: And obviously they have some kind of past where clearly he's like, okay, payback
3: completely completely and i think the worst thing that he did was you know right as he was leaving and he touched him on his shoulder and he was like no not charlie brown charles manson well then he
2: was so cocky because then when he was walking i don't know if you noticed this too he like rubbed the little kid's head like i'm i'm badass but another thing i noted did you see that
1: yeah i I did did, (laughs) but i was gonna say speaking of cocky cyrus Mom well, but, Wait, we got to uh, Yeah, yeah. We, we, we we, I'm so okay.
3: in love with Huck. Huck needs his own. We got to okay. just stay we, we, on we Huck for a while, while we'll, we'll remember that. Another <laughs> thing was
2: <laughs> Olivia. Like, really, she knew how tough it was going to be for him to do that. <sighs> and when she asked him, she was like, "You know, are you sure you can do this?" And he was like, "You know, I'm down for it." But and,
3: and he knew. Like, she literally said, "You know, I, I hate to ask you to do this because I know it's not what you do anymore." Mm-hmm. And he immediately knew, and he goes, "You want the body." And then the fact of the matter is the way that she said, if you can't handle this, if you need to be reeled in, call me and I'll come get you. You could feel that she knew, she knew the emotional toll it was going to take on him. And I think that because of the dire, the, the the seriousness of the situation, she knew she basically had to ask a friend to do something that otherwise she wouldn't ask a friend to do. If I close do.
1: my eyes, I could swear you are Kerry Washington right now. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Thank you. you I sat- think I'm having a door moment. Oh, my God. Babe, it's my new best friend. <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> no, because when Olivia, the, the way she speaks, she's so profound the way she speaks. And the way she speaks, you clearly get what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, the compassion in her voice is very special. It's very profound. Like, when she was speaking with Quinn, which I'm sure we're going to talk about oh, with Amanda yeah. Tanner, when she checked her. She gave her that look that I was on the last week. Yeah. She kind of gave her that look, and then she... But we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that. Yeah.
3: And, but then, and then I think that, you know, when we move from the scene, you know, at Olivia Pope and Associates, and then all of a sudden you have a shot of Huck staring at a fishbowl. He just
2: turned it on.
3: And then all of a sudden, you hear in the background. You hear the door open, and he just so calmly gets up. And then we basically go to chaos, chaos, mayhem. It is, it was amazing, amazing television because I think that he was really, he was really speaking to this guy, not to speak to the guy, but he was speaking to the Huck that he had left behind. And he really was actually having a conversation with himself. And so he was really saying like. Do you know what the government has done to me? The government recruited me at such an early age. They made this sound fun. fun, And then when he switched and he said... But what's worse is it becomes fun and you start to enjoy it. So I'm going to enjoy enjoy that. Get a little high. And and the fact of the matter is the fact that he then kept reiterating how much the government had taken from him. But then to literally articulate that they took so much from him that he was on the homeless on the subway begging for change, and that's where Olivia found him. So just like a junkie. He's gonna have to make this high of torturing Charlie last as long as possible. It
2: was so good.
3: It was profound.
2: It was, absolutely- it was it's
3: profound because he's an assassin and yeah. that's his drug of choice. It was it was scary.
2: That joke was so corny though that Charlie made. Once you go black, you never go back. Yeah. Black, black ops. ops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like boo. Oh,
2: corny. I almost didn't feel bad for him when he was getting tortured. I know, seriously. And then at the end, when um. When Huck was talking to uh, Olivia, saying you know about Amanda, he said you know she didn't suffer.
3: Oh my, that was. <sighs>
2: Which leads us into the whole Amanda Tanner thing.
3: Completely, no, she's dead,
2: and we were surprised. I was surprised. Were oh, you surprised?
1: surprised? I was very surprised that I was expecting more. I thought this was gonna, uh, I thought right. this was gonna prolong mm-hmm. more. And for the fact that she's dead, the thing was,
2: I think the issue, or not the issue, the, the smart move on on them was the creators of the show in the previews they showed the body coming out of the water I think that Kind of mess with our mind because I was like, "There's no way they would show that."
1: We we thought like, "Okay, no, that must be." It kind of gave the illusion that she can possibly be dead, but maybe they were doing the reverse psychology where she's not really. That's what we thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, Yeah. and then lo and behold, she's dead. That scene where they pulled her out of the
2: water was really emotional for me because I was like, even when they pulled her out, I was like, "No, she's that's not her." Because
1: you know what I was doing? Because she has like a mole or something on her neck. So I was like, looking like, "No, that's not her. That's not her. No, 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 no." And then it was her. It was. I th-
3: because I mean I think at the end of the day it 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 was so finite and not only was it so finite and not to jump back to Huck but again I think he's absolutely amazing it goes back to the earlier scene Damn. when he's trying to, to talk to Liv and then he literally has to scream A Amanda Tanner's dead yeah because it's like what in you know? the world exactly yeah. and I think that then you know showing her body come up out of the water after he did what he did it it actually justified his actions because, you know, at first it's kind of like, does he really know that she's dead simply because one of his assassin buddies was was on a tape, number one. Number two, you have to have some justification for him torturing someone, even if this torture is in fact a murderer. Mm. So I think, The way that the body was pulled out, the emotional nature of it, it in essence validated what he had to do and kind of even from his perspective validated that, you know, if he had to go there and has to exist in that horrible space for a time being, it's worth it because... Now Amanda Tanner will have some peace, and and her father will have some peace. Well, more importantly, yeah, let's talk
1: about the father thing. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say really quick. Speaking of the father thing, when um, when Olivia and Quinn were having the conversation with the father, uh, oh, Quinn man. was like, "Everything's gonna be okay. I promise. I promise. You don't. You can't. You, you and I mean, did you, did you see the look that she did? You, you look like you speak like Carrie give, her, <laughs> give her a look give her a look that she she did the what she yeah. like-
2: <laughs>
3: but then also too and it's something that I sometimes can't do it's also from a perspective of caring because at the end of the day here you have a father who is in her office and Amanda obviously told her parents that she was working with Olivia Pope to create some semblance of normalcy so that they wouldn't worry and Olivia basically feels responsible she, she feels responsible for the entire occurrence to a certain extent
2: which is why the she father- asked for the proof, but she should have said to the father something to the effect of we're doing everything in our power to make sure that we find out what happened to Amanda or something like that. Don't make a promise where everything's gonna be okay because everything's not gonna be okay, but, I- but
1: that's also because she's young, she's inexperienced, yeah. and she doesn't, she's What's, still kind of a what is a her chicken story? Head. We still don't know her story though, because why? And then, and then the reporter she shows up, oh, yeah, she, she goes to up get in. in to be all vulnerable and get the hug, and they're probably gonna have, she's a chicken head. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Ba <laughs> chicken head!
3: I, oh my god! Would, um, I actually have to concur with the chicken head comment. Um, no, I think it's just that like, you know Quinn is really naive, and I think that there's there's oftentimes that she's not understanding what's going on, and she's not looking and listening with all of her eyes and ears. She puts um, her
1: emotions first completely,
3: and and you know, and it's funny because even though I just jumping back real quick, didn't originally think that Amanda Tanner was dead. Um, you know. After, I think, two episodes ago, we were actually talking off air. Um, and again, I lived in the District of Columbia for 10 years, and I actually was surprised that Amanda Tanner was still walking around. Um, so I say that to say that she herself should know the seriousness of what's going on. And at the end of the day, if Amanda Tanner is gone, she's really gone. The only caveat to that is, I think, something that Emil brought up last um, last recap show was, why was no one watching The Apartment? Like that's absolutely foolish. You have, you know, the potential mistress of the president of the United States of America. People were watching the
1: apartment, but the wrong people. But not not Olivia's people. Right. For me, I feel there. It's not the the whole Amanda Tanner dead. something is incomplete, and I feel that something is going to happen. Well, because the
2: president is getting blackmailed. We saw. Yeah. So we still have to see what's going on. That which I forgot. We met the vice president in this episode. Well,
1: before we go to the vice president, I want to just talk about my man Cyrus. Oh Oh, yes. yes. So. The president says Amanda Tanner's dead, <laughs> and Cyrus says this. How sad. Just like that. How sad. And went right on about his business, and you got 120 people who did. Now, that's sad. His reasoning was right, though. I mean, it was, but I just, he's hard. He's, well, I he's mean, hardcore. It, like, I, I love Cyrus.
2: But it goes back to he just wants to see the administration succeed. succeed. And here's the president caring about this girl who's trying to bring the administration down. He's saying, you know, there are the important things you need to focus on besides this little girl who wasn't even pregnant with your baby, or we, he doesn't know that yet. Right. But.
3: And was trying to bring down the free world. I think right. that's the thing. Today was the, the only time that, even though I thought... Cold as ice, his his reaction to finding out that Amanda Tanner was dead, I also this was the first time I actually felt for Cyrus yeah. and I felt for him the standpoint that if you look at the situation from a pragmatic perspective, here you have an individual whose sole motive was to bring down the president not from a personal perspective but a professional one, and bringing down the President of the United States of America is similar to bringing down America, is bringing down a sense of democracy and stability and normalcy. And so I think that's how Cyrus views it. So in his mind, he's like, no, the situation's been handled. It's good news. Let's move on because we still need to run the United States of America.
1: And then the before we go to the vice president, the wife she, oh yeah, that 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 role where she asked a secure where she asked the two security men. You know, would you um would you kill what, what, what would you said? take a bullet for the president? Take, would you take a bullet? I feel that. I mean, it's good to see the the president normal and having feelings, but it's kind of weird seeing the president seem so. Normal, normal, or he—he he sometimes doesn't seem like he's in control. Well,
2: I mean, he's been off his game this whole season, and
1: he's having doubts, and and things just doesn't seem to go uh, are going wrong or are going wrong for him. And then you have the wife who's basically telling him stop being a punk.
3: That's exactly what she's saying, as well as the fact that you can tell that there's a certain level of... And I feel she has
1: motives, by the way. Oh, completely. There's
3: a certain level of intimacy that's lacking in the relationship. There's a lot that he doesn't discuss with her. And I think that her scenes are pivotal because basically, even though they seem incongruous, she's basically saying what he's thinking or answering a question that he hasn't asked yet. So basically, she's saying, I know what's going on. You're scared. You're scared that Amanda Tanner is dead. There is no one who basically wouldn't go to the ends of the earth for you. Right. and that's what was important about that scene even though he hadn't communicated any of that with her that was
2: why it was necessary which when she said that it makes me wonder is she somehow involved with Amanda Tanner's death possibly because I was just I understand she understands what he's going through but when she said that you know there's no one in this building who wouldn't go to extremes for you it was just like wait a minute
1: I, Yeah, I mean it was it was totally it's something it was other, too direct like she absolutely. knew exa- exactly what was going on I agree And, you know, a lot of times people think that women don't know when their husbands are cheating. They do know, but they choose to pick their battles of when they're going to say something about it. And she's plotting and she's plotting in her head. Obviously, she can't leave him because she will be doomed to like to divorce the first um, to to be the first lady to divorce uh, the the president. So she's I feel like she's plotting in her head. She's definitely plotting. something's, you know, she's going to she's going to come out on top in some shape, form or fashion. Absolutely.
2: Well, I know you said the president seems like he's off his game. but Let's talk about the scene where we meet the vice president. And he goes and addresses her because he
1: was on point right there. I he agree. Kind of got,
3: I think he woke up.
2: He
1: put her in check. Like. I thought she's kind of old for the vice president.
3: No, and but I think it actually makes sense. You know, I, I think one of the amazing things about the show is the show, I think, is very realistic. I love the fact that they even make references to past presidents. And if you think about it from a um a political strategy perspective, you have a very young Republican who leans a little bit to the left, right. Mm-hmm. So if you're building, if you're building a team and you're trying to make sure that you're securing the full Republican GOP um, candidacy, Th-
1: then it would make sense
3: exactly that not only would she be a woman, but that she would also lean a little bit older. But then the older also makes sense in terms of her more right. Right-leaning, conservative, very Bible-based philosophy, and that's why I think they make a good team to fill out what the the um, the foundation or the strategy
1: of the Republican Party. And I like the I like the disconnect that the two had. I love the disconnect. How they clearly seem like they don't get along, but they know it's business. And she was sticking firm and not wanting to be a part of that act until he basically checked her and said, "You know, every vice president wants to eventually be the president." Oh, what?
2: No, no, no. You can go ahead. But what I I thought about was when you just said that, that reminded me. Remember when Olivia first called, um, when she first talked to the president on the phone and she (laughs) said, I know what you did, to her. And she said, murder is murder. And then she said, because they all thought Cyrus did it. And she Mm -hmm. was like, you know, you can't let a bulldog off his leash. And, you know, Cyrus is off his leash now because she thought that Cyrus did it, which obviously we know now he didn't. But... He kind of, in essence, did let Cyrus off his leash. He did, mm-hmm.
3: he did, and he basically, and she was basically saying, you know, when a pit bull mauls a child, right. you don't blame the child.
2: Like it's going to be your fault. You
3: blame the owner for letting the pit bull off the leash, and so I think that you know, yeah, she was saying you now have have let him run his course, and 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 yeah, he has no, he doesn't have a leash on him anymore. Right.
1: And speaking of the phone conversation, I thought that conversation between the president and Olivia was so. Yeah, it goes back. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. you know me, and and just the whole you know are the phones secure, and just the fact of how he went through that whole rigmarole of making sure that he wanted to go out in public and not be now seen. That because, was I think, that? because I
3: think he's so he's an emotional president, Absolutely. and I think that at the end of the day, even though it seems like you know from the previous episode they're at war, Olivia is still strategic, and that's why she makes sure are we on a secure line. You know there will be no face to face, but at the end of the day, I think that was necessary because they he, do know each other yeah. for lack of a better word in an intimate way, and. That That's what I think he was trying to express to her that, you know, me, you know, I wouldn't do this or or sanction it.
1: Do you I don't know. I thought it was kind of romantic.
2: I totally <laughs> Daddy, did. I
1: think That he so showed up and knocked on the door. I, I thought that was romantic. I'm sorry. Before we even talk about
2: that, mm-hmm. though, I, I, I was laughing because the two um, Secret Service men, when they were like, as soon as he left, he
1: was like, just like, just like 43. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and they were like so trying to, when he kept asking questions in regards to, was it Bill Clinton or someone? He was asking questions Bill about Clinton. past presidents. He's past like, events. what, Kennedy
3: never left? Right. You're yeah. telling me Bill Clinton never left the we White House? We don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> goodness. I mean, I thought, you know, and I mean, I think also, It's great because I think it shows, you know, the inner workings not only of the White House, but at the end of the day, they're still normal human beings. And the president said, you know, am I the president of the United States of America? But you're telling me I can't leave my house. So right. I'm a prisoner. And so I think it shows. And, and again, same thing even with Cyrus. I think today was the first day that I started to feel for the president in the same point that, you know, I think there's, there's several people that we kind of envy and we, we think that there's, there's nothing that they can do yeah. wrong or that it must be such a great job. But there's a stress level that I think we'll never understand.
1: Yeah. We'll never understand. What do you guys think about Oh, no, go ahead. Olivia and David? I love it because they.
3: Oh my goodness. They were sharing you know the white hat by I the totally end of the episode. I totally agree. I think yeah. we need to hold that. I think we actually need to go to commercial, right. and then we'll talk about it because I don't want to. I don't wanna even have to be thinking about anything else.
0: After Buzz TV,
4: hi. I was once like you. now after a night of TV I can ignore my stupid co-workers who I hate and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite afterbuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need Thank you afterbuzz TV after Buzz TV what do
2: you want to buzz about? All right. We're back still buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we want to quickly talk about the Olivia David thing because we saw they were sharing the white hat by the end of the episode. And their dynamic was a lot better this episode.
1: Because last week it, they were so boring. his like storyline was boring. <laughs> and, then, and now their the their, their um, dynamics of the relationship has totally changed. I, Olivia, she kind of showed emotion in front of David. So that goes to she show. She treated him
2: like a friend. Yes. yes.
1: And so that goes to show that he is someone important because Olivia is not going to just break down in front of anyone. Right.
3: I completely agree. I completely agree. As well as the fact that I think when he genuinely asked, is she okay? He meant it from the perspective of a friend. Mm -hmm. Like in that moment, I think, you know... They show that they have mutual respect for one another. And I think that it then, you know, the closing scene when they're having a drink together, you know, he even says it. He says, you know, we banter a lot and we bicker. But at the end of the day, I consider you a friend. However, I have to do my job. Right. Mm -hmm. You and I both know that this girl was murdered. I know that, you know, who murdered her. And I know you can't tell me, but I'm basically giving you a heads up as a friend that I need to pursue this. I need to be the sheriff, which allows basically Olivia with a great one liner you know and speaking the of white him, hat looks great on you speaking
1: right. of him investigating really quick so they said that Amanda's death was ruled suicide oh yeah
3: and it makes sense because again you know and, and uh, uh, Emil was can touch sui- upon this yeah. ab- about one of the-, the
2: one of our YouTube commenters highlighted that Shonda Rhymes said in the interview that was the whole reason why the needle was injected between the toes so it could be undetectable so,
3: and think about it, she was found off of the 14th Street Bridge, so they're assuming she jumped, she had already cut her wrist, right. you know, so she already has has a history of suicidal tendencies, she jumped off the bridge. So why and, investigate me further? Exactly. Right.
1: So is this the end of Olivia? There's a no
3: way, because I think also, too, I'm not going to say this is a misstep, but because Olivia got emotional regarding Amanda Tanner, she went and she sought David's help. By doing that, now she's brought him in to the fact that it can't be over. He mm-hmm. has to investigate.
2: Another quick thing I thought about before we go to news and gossip. The father said that he's been talking to Amanda every day since.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That was kind of weird to me for some reason.
3: No, remember, Olivia said that that's the only person she could speak with. She could speak with her family, remember? That's right. And, and yeah, her associates. Right. those were, were, you,
1: were you thinking because on the la- last week the conversation, she yeah. was... Yeah, okay, yeah. I was oh, but thing. I mean... What if that's not her real father? Oh,
3: (laughs) my goodness, Emile, you're too on point. We'll see. We'll see. We'll save that for predictions. Yeah.
2: All right, Marissa, news and gossip.
0: After TV News.
1: So I'm going to let Bam start with the ratings. All right. So ratings are consistent. They dropped just a point, but they're at 7.3 million viewers. Still great. You guys continue to watch the show.
3: Um, And I just have one little quick comment about ratings is, you know, again, we live in a new world with so many different channels and so many different options. So make sure that when there's great TV, you watch and whether or not you're watching in real time or you're watching online, you know, and we were just talking that there are several iconic shows that if they had if they were on the air today, they wouldn't make it. Bam, you mentioned like
1: Cheers. Cheers so, was one of Cheers is one of the greatest shows of all time but Cheers actually was like in the 80s like 83 they ranked the first season like 83 in the top 100 and it was because once they got on Thursdays with the Cosby show and etc so basically what we're trying to say out there is is give the shows a chance 7.3 million viewers is good give it, yes. <laughs> give it a chance yes give it a chance and just nah. let you know let it have a fan base let it grow just Gosh. briefly
2: because I was t- talking to uh, Sophia about this before the show started there's people who are saying you know um Scandal has one of the biggest lead-ins with Grey's Anatomy at the 10 p.m. time slot. But you have to understand they're comparing it to Revenge and Private Practice. Private Practice has been on for years, so the fact that Scandal's getting the same number of viewers as Private Practice, that's not an insult. That means that Private Practice has lost a lot of its viewers. So stop insulting Scandal. Same with Revenge. Revenge had all that summer promotion last year. They start in the fall. Scandal is this show that started mid-spring, Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. Easter weekend is when it started, so it already started low. So let's stop hating on our show, our favorite show. Yeah,
3: and also I mean, I honestly think that Scandal is an amazing show because it's its own show. But I would literally compare it to a cross between twenty four alias and West Wing. All great and shows. you cannot get better than that mix. Right. Absolutely. So watch, watch, watch online. watch on real TV. Watch and tell a friend
2: well, a little more news. So the White House correspondent's dinner was this past week, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I have a shot of Can you see this, Marissa? The shot of Carrie?
3: Absolutely yep, beautiful. She was ab- absolutely. And it was funny beautiful. because
2: people were asking if she was going to wear that same white the gown. Right. And she tweeted the about that. Dinner. She says, no, guys, I'm not going to wear the white <laughs> gown. So, oh, can you see it? Perfect. We got it. Um, and then the last bit of news that I have um, Tony Goldwyn has been. To tell that he
1: plays the president.
2: Oh, yeah, the president. He actually um, is going to be. Sorry, the
1: internet's going out here.
2: But he's actually going to be um, directing and producing a new pilot on AMC. And it's going to be a criminal type um, show. I wish I could have my iPad
1: act properly right now, but it's not. <laughs> so congratulations to that. Yeah, congratulations mm-hmm. to him. What, and then w- Go ahead. Uh, we have some uh, people that's been tweeting. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so
3: let's hear the buzz on the street. I said I would
1: give
2: a shout out to... Uh, Gladiator in pajamas I promise you I'll give a shout out Because they consistently tweet about our show And they always have celebrities from the show Tweeting to them So I told you I would give you a shout out So here's your
1: shout out Gladiators in pajamas I (laughs) like that Gladiators
3: in pajamas (laughs) I got a
1: tweet from a co-worker uh, A co-worker I work with His name is Anton, And I'm going to put him on blast Because he says that You are fabulous
3: Oh But Bam's still my favorite
1: (laughs) And he says You're cute Oh I'm just saying
3: no, but Emil is very handsome. Emil, doesn't he kind of look like Columbus Short? Just saying. Columbus
2: Short, you need to come on the show. Yes, please, comment. Any
3: more buzz on the street? Any more tweets? Any more fans yes, talking about this? Yes, I stuff? want to
2: highlight but quickly all the people on YouTube who have been leaving comments because, bam, they actually responded to some of the things you said and some of the things I said. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was asking, you know, how did the president um, or how did Cyrus know where the president was in the secret spot or whatever? And they said the Secret Service doesn't let the president out of their sight, which makes sense. So he mm-hmm. probably just asked the Secret Service, you know, where's the president right now? He found him. And in response to your comments, what they say? They said something to the effect of... I can't remember. <laughs> Check on <laughs> YouTube, though. It's good.
3: Definitely. And you guys, you know, obviously, as you know, Scandal is literally the best, what is it, I guess, 42 minutes of TV or 47 minutes without commercial. 40, yeah, so we cannot really, in essence, do it justice on a 55-minute recap show. So again, tweet us, Facebook us, you know, at um, and or, you know, on iTunes, on YouTube, and comment, because we'll literally continue this discussion, and you, you know, offline. Doing so great yeah. with the
1: comments. Yeah, and we then, love it. And then also, follow some of the stars on Scandal scandal And tweet let's to tell them, them about and tell, us, them, yeah. <laughs> tell them to come on After Buzz TV and we come need be them a on guess. the finale. We're going to get somebody on the finale, hopefully. I'm not making any
2: promises like Quinn. But, but it maybe try.
3: is a prediction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's go to predictions.
3: Yeah. Now, your After
2: Buzz TV predictions. because yeah, we
0: got to wrap it
1: up. So, what do you guys think? Predictions? Amanda Tanner is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna resurrect I mean, I guess
3: we gotta predict on who we think um uh, oh, oh it, whether or not he's gonna resign yeah, he gonna and whether resign? and what the, the uh, message is.
1: No, he's not gonna resign. Absolutely not. He's gonna get it together. His wife is gonna slap on him. <laughs> His wife's gonna slap him, but we
2: saw he's gonna get with Olivia.
3: Sorry, we got so eager. We started with um we started on predictions without you, so we're gonna go to predictions and we're gonna do uh, two sets of predictions. Who potentially killed Amanda Tanner? Who is the father of her baby and whether or not the president is, in fact, going to resign?
1: Who? I don't know who the baby daddy is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the baby daddy is, but I, yeah, she's dead, but I don't want her to be dead. But I do think that something's going to happen as far as um, as far as um, I would like to see more character development. We saw Columbus and we saw we saw Hook. Um um, Quinn and the reporter go somewhere. I just want to know what her background is. They still haven't explained
2: it. They need. Ex- they have to explain it. This next coming episode or the following episode so
3: that's true that's true but okay I think that the father of Quinn's baby is whoever is setting this whole thing up
2: I mean Amanda <laughs> or oh sorry sorry yeah, I Amanda. apologize
3: <laughs> I'm brain freeze um, the father of Amanda's baby is the same person who's plotting all this together because they needed her to be to be pregnant because that was that's their smoking gun
1: and maybe the guy who was calling
3: exactly because there was some kind of an intimacy in the phone call um, uh, I definitely think that storyline has to go through and now I actually forgot my other prediction
0: questions.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm having a space cadet moment. Is he going to
2: resign? That was one Oh
3: of yes. Thank you very much. And I think that there's no way he's going to resign but that is basically going to culminate next episode and just from the, the previews in the trailer I cannot wait. Scandalous.
1: I can't seriously. wait for the love scenes. I,
3: I don't know if I can handle that. Oh my God. They're so cute. At the end they're like hi. Hi. It was great. So continue. Talk to us online. We'll keep talking. We love you. Gladiators. So tell us where we can Find you? Oh, you can find me at Sophia Stanley. It's my new Twitter handle. Again, Sophia with an F fanatic. Sophia Stanley.
1: Bam Erickson, Twitter or Facebook. And for me,
2: at Emilio E. Jr. and chasingla.com. We love you guys. Gladiators.
3: Bye,
0: Gladiators.
2: From Bing.com,
0: executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.